reality strikes as Iran decides to start bombing U.S. troops in Syria. And here's the thing. This country needs to <laughs> get back into reality and forget this garbage that they're sitting back in dealing with. John Kerry says the quiet part out loud because, quite honestly, he's stupid. And men continue to prove that they're better than women. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you all had a great weekend. I hope that uh, everything turned out well. But we've got some breaking news right now, and we might as well get straight to it. Unfortunately, this is not the way to start a Monday morning. Um, in Nashville, Tennessee, right as we speak, uh, there has been a mass shooting in a school called Covenant School. The school deals with uh, K through 6th graders. As of right now, we don't know anything about it. It's, information is coming out. I don't even know if all the inform- this information is correct. The only thing we know right now, 100%, is that the shooter who walked into the school and started shooting up the school is dead. He was faced by police and he was shot. So far, what we know is three children are dead. There's no word if there are any more. There's no word if um, there were any injured. So all we have right now is Covenant School. A shooting has taken place. Um, three, the shooter is dead, and three children have been pronounced dead. Again, that's initial reports. This is happening live right at this moment. So as things go, as information starts crossing the screen, I'll, I'll bring it up to you. But there is other news, and, and this is something that really just annoys the garbage out of me is reality. Reality does not stop. Um, in a, an Iranian proxy group in Syria fired an Amer- fired a miss- about 20 missiles into uh, Americans stationed in Syria. Now, many did not know we had anybody in Syria, but the reality is we've had people in Syria since about 2015. Uh, one military was, contractor was killed Several others were injured. 20 missiles were launched from this proxy group, and eight hit the target. The United States did respond this weekend by firing a drone, by having a drone strike into the group. The Iranian proxy group, pissed off, of course, decided to send another volley of missiles that apparently didn't, didn't reach. So this is what happens when you just leave a region. The United States abandoned Syria. Barack Obama, this was Barack Obama who started this crap when uh, Bashad al-Assad decided to start gassing his people and Barack Obama said, here's the red line and Assad stepped over the red line and what did uh, Barack Obama do? Zero. And then meanwhile, you've got this idiot, you've got this idiot uh, Biden and Obama Abandoning all our allies in the Middle East, including Israel, they've abandoned Saudi Arabia, they've abandoned Jordan. 
and you've got a vacuum of power. So what happens? Iran goes in, Russia goes in, China goes in. China is making friends with Iran. And don't think China did not know about this. China knew what Iran is basically enslaved to China. They're, they're hooked to China. China knew exactly what was going on. So be prepared for more troop deaths. This is, it, it's apparently, this is what these guys are going to do. They're trying to get the United States completely out of the Middle East. And under Biden, they're succeeding. Under Obama, they were succeeding. It was Trump that had the Abraham Accords that brought peace. And now Saudi Arabia, afraid of Iran, is now making friends with China. So you've got a real mess in the Middle East, but no one seems to care about it. Um, the RM Chocolate Factory in Berks County, Pennsylvania exploded out of nowhere. And so far, seven people have been killed, and there are about 10 people still missing. An investigation to what caused the disaster is under investigation. They still don't know what caused it. Uh, just another food factory out, gone. I, now, again, it's a chocolate factory. I wouldn't exactly worry so much about that than I would, let's say, a pork factory or cattle dying or blowing up of a, uh, a plant that cans corn and, and vegetables and things, which has happened quite a bit in the last year. I think 19 different factories have blown up. But just it makes you wonder... And, of course, the media is not talking too much about it, and that includes Fox News. I'd like to know what happened over there. Seven people were killed. Other bad news. I mean, it's been a rough weekend. A tornado ripped through Mississippi on Friday night and Saturday morning. The tornado, which was around a mile wide, that's a huge tornado, traveled for over 100 miles. It just rolled over the cities of Rolling Fork, Anguilla, and Silver Creek. Now, mind you, these are very small communities. We're talking between 300 and 1,000 people. 25 people were killed. Actually, excuse me, it's gone up to 26 today. 26 people were killed. Um, there were reports of at least 24 tornadoes throughout the um, uh, Mississippi and Alabama area. So this was an absolute mess. Uh, Joe Biden has declared a state of emergency in those cities. So they're going to get some federal aid and they're going to get FEMA is going to go over there and try and help them out. But it is a disaster. Now, because the towns are so small, they have accounted for just about everybody. They, they do know that uh, it is a solid 26 that have passed away. But what a tragedy. And can you imagine a mile-wide tornado? So this was an F5. Uh, I'm waiting for... I haven't really watched too much of CNN. I'm sure they're blaming climate change. And in a final bit of news, uh, Portland is one step closer to utopia uh, that they've been desiring to create for I don't know how long. The restaurant Cracker Barrel has said they'll be leaving Portland. They've had enough. Now, mind you, Rite Aid and Walmart have also left Portland. I mean, can you imagine uh, Rite Aid and Walmart have left Portland? 
But those two companies have basically said, we've left because of the crime. We keep getting robbed. And if you're on Twitter, you see this all the time. They show bunches of people walking and just stealing crap from these stores and running out. Well, they left because of the crime. Cracker Barrel is actually leaving because of restrictions placed on the citizens during the pandemic. This is what they said in a statement. As a standard course of business, we continually evaluate the performance of our stores using various criteria to ensure we are meeting the needs of guests and our business. With that, we are saddened that we have been unable to overcome the, the impact of the pandemic had on our business and have made the difficult decision to close the Beaverton, uh, Tualatin, and Bend locations on March 20th. The decision to close the store is never one we take lightly, and our focus right now is in assisting the impacted employees during the transition. Now remember that Oregon, Portland specifically, were one of the last to lift the restrictions. I believe they still have mask mandates over there, if, I, if I'm correct, or if they don't now, they lifted them just recently. So people were still afraid to go out because of the stupid COVID vaccine, uh, COVID virus, China virus, let's call it what it is, uh, three years after the virus hit. So good job, Oregon. And mind you, part of eastern part of Oregon wants to secede. This comes on the news. There's a big push that eastern Oregon wants to join Idaho. They want to be part of that state. Basically leaving a ribbon strip of cities and counties on the west side of Oregon to be still Oregon and run under democratic rule. Oregon is a completely democratic state. Idaho is obviously completely red. So, you know, of course, that's never going to happen. Idaho says, I don't know how that will happen. And the the state of Oregon doesn't want anything to do with that type of transition. But it's something to think about. And finally, TikTok CEO Zhu Chu stood in front of Congress to defend TikTok from being banned in the United States. It didn't go well. He uh, tried to state that the Chinese government did not have access to information. That was shot down because, by law, any company in China is subject to the Chinese government. And then he could not answer if China had access to data within the United States. Don't forget, TikTok has a, um, a main office in the United States that's run within the United States, but still under the Chinese uh, Chinese company altogether. The United States wants to cut China out of it completely. So when asked, does China have access to the data within the United States? By the way, here's a newsflash. We already know they do. We already know they've been spying on reporters, for example. Um, they said, well, we really, we really don't know. We really don't know. So, of course, that's BS. We already know it's BS. Everything we hear is BS. So Congress actually passed the bill that would allow TikTok to be cut off in the United States. And I think that's great. This bill was completely... I couldn't even believe all the Democrats said, no, TikTok should remain. I mean, it's a spy arm for the, for the Chinese government. We know this. 
This isn't a secret. They even admit it. But you got people like AOC. You got one guy who's screaming that the Republicans just have no jizzle or whatever it is. I mean, it's just like, what? These people are complete freaking morons. So the Democrats don't want TikTok banned. I wonder why. In other news, which was very interesting, and, and this is interesting, and it works with, it, it does work with the TikTok ban that the Congress passed. The Congress also passed the Parental Rights Act. Now, the Parental Rights Act had very little to do with anything really bizarre. This is what the Parental Rights Act had to do, what, what it actually focuses on. So this is what the bill deals with. Just five points. It's only a 34, I've read it. It's only a 34-page act, which is really bizarre for Congress. Basically, the act says, one, the right to know what's being taught in schools to and see the reading material. So basically, the curriculum. What's the curriculum that these teachers are teaching the kids? Number two, the right to be heard. I don't like the curriculum. I want to be able to have a say. I want to be able to, to express my problems with it. Uh, number three, the right to see the school budget and spending. I don't think that's bizarre. Now, one of the things we're learning is that, especially in Los Angeles, with the teachers striking up there, we're finding that they have about as many administrators as they do students. That's not an exaggeration. So, you know, what are you spending this money on? You can't pay the janitor, but you can hire a diversity administrator. People want to know what, what exactly are you doing with the tax money? And I don't think that's really a bizarre question. Number four, the right to protect the, their child's privacy. Makes sense. And number five, right to be updated on any violent activity in school. Now, mind you, there is nothing to do with um, like transing or anything like this. That's probably part of the curriculum. But if a kid's being bullied, the parents should be told about it. If a kid is being raped, which is what happened in Nashville, the parents should be told about it. It shouldn't be hidden and thrown away. That's all it is. And then it gives the parents the right to sue if any of this stuff is not is not performed. Well, guess what? Not one Democrat voted for that bill. Not one. And they called it fascist. They, I mean, AOC called it fascism. So in other words, um, a parent knowing what's going on with their kids at school and wanting to know what the curriculum is, is fascism? Oh, well, that's kind of insane. But that's what the Democrats... Here's the thing with, with Democrats, with the left especially... Because moderate Democrats and even progressives don't agree with any of that crap. They may say they do. They don't. The problem is your kids are not your kids. Your kids are the kids of the state. They need to be indoctrinated into the beliefs of the state. So, and then what does the left do whenever they employ fascism? They point to you and say, you're a fascist because you don't like it. And this is, this is, I love that they're running on this. Keep running on this because the backlash is here. It's already happening. 
people like this. And the one thing I like about the Republicans when it comes right what they're doing right now, I think they're doing the right thing, is the TikTok thing and the uh, Parental Rights Act thing. That stuff is going to get stopped probably in the Senate. Though there's a very good chance TikTok ban is going to pass in the Senate. But we want to see who is actually against me looking at the curriculum of my child. I want to see who in the Senate is against me finding out about my child being bullied or being sexually assaulted. Now, everyone bitches and moans about the church and their their the Catholic Church and their sexual um, uh, their sexual uh, deviancy by some priests. I don't know how many, but it's 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 quite a few. But the fact of the matter is, most kids are abused not by the Catholic Church; they're abused by school teachers in the public school system. I mean, we're talking one a day is discovered in the public school system. Your kid is more likely to be raped by a teacher than by a priest. They don't talk about that because the school is a government agency and they want that government agency to indoctrinate the kids. So it's just good for them because what happens is some of this stuff's going to get through the Congress, okay, going to get through the Senate, and the president's going to veto it and people are going to see that. And you know what? I think people should see that. So I think the House is doing perfectly. Keep doing that. Bill after bill after bill. Let the Democrats throw absolute hissy fits about TikTok. Let the Democrats throw absolute hissy fits about the Parental Rights Act. And by the way, again, it's a 34-page document. Go out there. I, I, I can even look it up. Look it up. It is nothing bizarre except that parents have a right to anything, and if the schools don't do it, they can be sued. I like the act. All right. So last week, last Friday, uh, Thursday, we talked about perversion and how men becoming women are actually the new woman. Well, we've got quite a bit here. Uh, we, we have to continue this, and I'm going to keep pointing this stuff out. And I know it can get old because it's a constant thing. It's every day. I am so tired of hearing about these trans people screaming about genocide, and yet they're always put on a freaking pedestal. These men who think they're women are put on this pedestal, and they're taking over the female sex. Women don't exist anymore. They do to me because I'm a normal human being. But they're being replaced. So here are a bunch, here are a few stories. I'll make it short. I'm not going to waste a lot of time on this because, you know, we talked about it last week. But you could see, I mean, it constantly, this, I just talked about this Thursday and you had these three stories pop up within four days. So according to Fox News, USA Today honored a transgender lawmaker from Minnesota on its annual Women of the Years list. Democratic State Representative Lee Finke is the first openly transgender person to be elected and to serve in the Minnesota legislature. Finke was named Woman of the Year for Minnesota despite serving in office for less than three months. So, this is a guy. He looks like a guy. He speaks like a guy. 
He is pushing a bill in Minnesota that would make Minnesota a sanctuary state for, quote, trans, end quote, kids. I put that in, in quotes because there's no such thing as trans anything. You can't transition from a man to a woman. I've said that. There's no such thing. You're a man. Once you're a man, you're always a man. But he's in Minnesota trying to make Minnesota a sanctuary state so that if someone from, let's say, Idaho or, a better yet, South Dakota doesn't allow any transgender drugging or transgender mutilation of a child, well, that child can be taken by the twisted parent to Minnesota and be um, deflected from the laws of that state. Well, Finky had to defend her. It didn't matter. It passed anyway. But Finky had to defend her his statements. Excuse me. Let me make clear that this is a guy, and you'll listen to a clip that sounds like he's a guy. So he decides that he's going to defend this. Well, there's this repu- defend this law making Minnesota sanctuary state. Well, here's Mary Franson, a Republican. And she decides to question Finky on some of the crap that these people are doing to these kids. Now, mind you, she doesn't even bring up cutting off boobs or making a penis, making a penis into a vagina or a vagina into a penis. She doesn't bring that up because there's no defense there. Maybe she should have. But here she is just talking about the drugs and asking Finky directly, is this true? Yes or no? And of course, she knows the answer. Representative Finke, do G and RH hormones cause bone loss? Representative Finke. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Um, That is not a yes or no question. Um, You'll have to talk to a doctor about a specific treatment plan to have an answer to that question. According to the NIH.gov, Human clinical trials revealed significant bone loss at the spine, hip, and femur in patients treated with a GnRH antagonist. Thus, osteoporosis and the resilient fragility fractures pose a significant impact on health and quality of life of the GnRH antagonist users. Representative Finke, are any of the drugs that are prescribed to children also given, and by drugs I mean hormone therapies or quote unquote puberty blockers, are any of them prescribed to children? Are they also given to violent sex offenders with the purpose of chemically castrating the violent sex offender? Representative Finke. Um, Madam Speaker, I have no idea. Representative Franson. Thank you, Madam Speaker. The answer is yes. Does Luprin cause sterility in men? Uh, thank you, Madam Speaker. I don't know. Representative Francis. Madam Speaker, thank you. The answer, members, is yes. Okay, first off, he's either really stupid or he's just flat out lying. Guess which I think. That's right. He's flat out lying. He knows all that stuff. He knows that it, it is... The, the bone loss thing, this is nothing new. We've known that for a few years now. Lupron? you got to be kidding me. That's, that's being used in Georgia right now on a sex offender. He knows all that stuff. 
But the Patriot, but you know, hey, guess what? The guy looks, the guy dresses like a woman. He's the new victim class. So, you know, hey, he must be right. And like I said, Minnesota did pass, the, the, the Minnesota Council did pass that law. But it isn't just in um, uh, in politics that uh, men are proving they're better than women because women suck ass. Only men, men are the best, I'm telling you. It may sound like toxic mos- masculinity, but I don't believe in any of that crap because my girlfriend will kick my ass. But men also kick ass against those pansy women in sports. Here's one. Um, a transgender female appeared to finish in first place in New York City cycling event on Sunday. A social media post from NYC... This is, uh, by the way, from the New York Post. A social media post from NYC Cycling News showed that Tiffany Thomas, standing between two biological females, as the first place winner of the Randall's Islands Criteriums on Sunday. Thomas is a transgender woman who rides for L.A. Sweat, which means he's a man. Okay, now, first off, a couple of things. Just shows you how fucking how awesome men are. I did cuss, but I'm not going to cut it out. Uh, Thomas is 46 years old. He was going against women that were in their 20s to early 30s. So men can be really old and still beat the crap out of women. Uh, Thomas looks to be about six foot to six foot two. The women he was competing against were about five, 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 six. He is so awesome that he only started cycling in 2018 competitively. Meanwhile, these gals who have been racing since they were in their teens, they can't keep up with them. Well, hey, outstanding. Go men. All right, I'm a man. Hey, bring back the patriarchy. I have no problem with it. Again, I can't tell, say that to my fiance. She will kick my ass. But it's not only that. The media really digs men who can be women because men are so awesome. ESPN even admits it. Men are just too freaking awesome. I mean, it's only LeBron James, he's going to retire this year. Maybe in three years he becomes a woman and he can go into the WNBA and break their scoring records. I would say he could probably do it in the first year. Here's ESPN basically celebrating Leah Thomas, who is a man who thinks he's a woman. He may not have any balls anymore. You may remember we did talk about Leah Thomas and his perversions. His name, by the way, is William. So let's call him William. Okay, or Will is what his friends used to call him before he became a man. Celebrating him during Women's History Month. Now, mind you, this audio is kind of muddled. It's kind of hard to hear uh, because it's been recorded. I tried to find a better audio, but there is none out there. Let's listen to this. In 
notice something? Notice what he's saying here? It's his happiness that matters. Doesn't matter about anybody else. It's his happiness that matters. This is a pure narcissist. He doesn't care about the women. He doesn't care about anyone else. He doesn't care what anyone thinks. It's all about him and his happiness. And by the way, this guy swam with the men at the University of Pennsylvania. He swam with the men. He was ranked 200. A year later, he becomes a woman, and he is suddenly number one. Way to go, boys. Way to kick some ass. You know something? Um, there's more reports coming in about this Nashville shooting. Apparently, right now, the police are reporting that three children were killed. Three adults were killed. Um, the shooter was a female. No description of a race or anything like that. She had a handgun and a couple of uh, AR-15s. They say assault rifles, but I don't know what an assault rifle is. Uh, so that's what we know so far. So six people are dead. Um, there's no reports on injuries yet, but that's what we have. Okay, well, we'll have to get into the climate tomorrow. Uh, no, we're not. We're going to get into the climate today. Um and then we'll we'll talk about Greta tomorrow. Uh, so John, so the Inflation Reduction Act, which has nothing to do with re- inflation, um, was meant to reduce our carbon footprint by forty percent to stop us from producing, cut us down forty percent by twenty fifty. Okay, here's the problem. The Biden administration promised to lower emissions by 50%. So how's he going to get that last 10% by 2050? Why, through presidential fiat, of course. John Kerry was interviewed by Yahoo News, and this is what he said. Quote, well, we're doing a lot more than just the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act. The IRA is packaged uh, as a package that in and itself can get the 40%. But in addition to that, the president is issuing executive orders. There will be changes on automobile, on light truck and heavy truck, heavy duty, a number of initiatives that are being taken by states and subnational city and subnationals and cities. He says that those executive orders, they're going to change how we in the United States live. And we have no choice. By the way, this is something that they're talking about. John Kerry is a big World Economic Forum guy. He's a big Great Reset guy. He flies there, private, every year to talk. He said other things, too. Now, the good news, those were recorded. He is so stupid and elitist. He is actually saying what these people think, which should really make us pay attention, pay attention to this. So here he is being questioned about Davos during the World Economic Forum, which is where it's held, Davos, Switzerland. And he, he's asked, why is it you guys are all worried about climate change, yet you guys all fly private? Isn't that a problem? Uh, No, it's not, of course. 
he's got an excuse for that. Listen. Private aviation is, is an example of something where people are starting to pay more attention. And um, but when, uh, you know, people who go to Davos to talk about climate change fly private, it seems like they don't want to make. Um, well, they actually I've talked to them about it. They offset. They yeah. buy offsets, they offset, and they are working harder than most people I know to be able to try to affect this transition. Right. You got that? They offset. All right. Because they are working so hard eating filet mignon, flying private, and driving in their limousines that they offset it by having meetings. That That's, that's what they're doing. Okay. By the way, John Kerry married some Heinz gal, the catch-up gal, and he's worth billions. He's not worth billions. He's not worth dick. But she's worth billions, which makes him worth billions. So they offset. In other words, they're more important than you are. And it doesn't matter. They, they're more important. And they need to fly private while you are stuck in a train. Here he is admitting that the Biden administration is so extreme that no other administration can do what they, they're doing for climate. This is actually quite an amazing story. and I, This is something that should be a political ad. Listen. And, and I think there's a massive movement now in this transition that is bigger than any one administration or one policy. And I don't think anybody in the future could get away with trying to reverse that. It's just not going to happen. He was talking about Biden. He was basically ta- saying that Biden couldn't get away, no other president could have gotten away with what he's getting away with. And that's absolutely true. He's got a Congress that's doing nothing. He has very, businesses are suing and he's losing in court. But this is true. Joe Biden is running everything and he's running roughshod over deal. He's going to get that 10%. He's going to get rid of those gas stoves, which by the way, New York now has a law that is trying to make it that gas stoves cannot be used in new buildings. He is trying to get all this stuff pushed through and it was never able to be done before. And now he's going out and he's doing it and he's getting very little kickback. Of course, that's going to change. Eventually, what's going to end up happening is people are going to get sick of it and they're just going to say, no, we're not doing this. I mean, we're, we're heading towards an actual civil war in this country. We have an ideological civil war right now, and you've got a lot of pushback coming back and forth, but we're not there yet. And I don't know when people are going to sit there and say, that's enough. That's absolutely enough. We're obviously not doing it at the, the ballot box. Republicans need to run on this crap. They really do. But finally, 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 the China is the greatest polluter in the world, bar none. There's nobody's even close. India is number two. United States is number three. But China is still three times more producing three times more crap in putting three times more crap in the air than the United States. They are building a coal factory every week in China right now. Because they need more energy, more and more and more. But this is this, according to John Kerry. This is not a big deal. We need to deal with China. So we need to go in and we need to follow China's lead. Now, China is the largest deployer of sonal panels 
in China. They have deployed far more renewable energy than we have or than Europe has. So, yes, they're behind and it's a problem. Coal is a problem. But that's why it's important. We work with China. We reach out to China. Uh, and that's what we're trying to do. And the president has tried very hard. Our president has tried hard to separate climate from the other issues that are real that we obviously have with China. But we can't get bogged down by that because this is a universally felt existential challenge to the planet. And it's important that the two largest economies in the world work to try to resolve it. Man, F this guy. Is he kidding? All the other issues. Yeah, they're there. There are issues and they're real, but climate. Yeah, they did take over Hong Kong, but climate. Yeah, they are stealing all our technology, but climate. Yes, they are threatening war with Taiwan, but climate. Yes, they are negotiating with our biggest enemy in Russia, but climate. No, not but climate. This is such garbage. It's incredible. And the thing is, he talks about, yeah, but they are producing a lot of solar panels. Do you know why the United States is not producing a lot of solar panels? We can't get the cobalt that is necessary to produce the solar panels. Do you know why China is able to get all this cobalt to produce all these solar, solar panels? Because they use slave labor in Africa to get it. That's why China is trying to, with their, um, uh, I can't remember the policy, but they're trying to um, get into Africa to get cobalt. There was a, a, a clip to get the cobalt, and they're using slave labor to do it. There's a clip going viral where they're actually showing kids and men digging up cobalt so they can send it to China so they can make solar panels. Oh, but we're talking about slavery in this country. Right, that happened 150 years ago. How terrible we are. But meanwhile, China is using slave labor to get the resource resources and material needed to make the solar panels. And then they're using slave labor to actually manufacture the solar panels and we're buying them. And that's not really much of an issue. It's an issue... It's a real issue, but we need to work with China and not worry about that issue because climate is an existential threat. And we haven't heard that before, right? In the 50s, it was global. 50s, the world was going to end because of global cooling. In the 60s, the world was going to end in 10 years because of global warming. In the 70s, the world was going to end because of global warming. In the 80s, 90s, in the 2000s, that idiot, um, that idiot uh, Al Gore said we were going to be dead by 2012 because of global warming. AOC in 2018, we're going to be dead in 2030 because of global warming. Greta Thunberg in 2017 said by 2023, we were going to be dead because of global warming. It's been 50 years. We're not dead because of global warming. It's been 50 years, it's been 70, 80 years, and the ice caps are still there. The glaciers are still there. The polar bears are still there. The penguins are still there. I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay. And this BS needs to stop. People need to stop listening to this BS. 
you know, if you throw a can into the trash can instead of the recycle bin, guess what? We'll survive. I'm not saying don't recycle. I'm not saying gas engines are, are great. I would love for them to come up with a electric vehicle that goes fast, is good looking, and doesn't cost your left arm. I would love it to happen. I think we could do so much more with oil than burn it. But the fact of the matter is, I, and yes, the climate is changing. Climate always changes. It always changes. And this alarmism is nothing but a cult. It's a death cult. And we're going to talk about more of that tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.